Welcome to episode 22 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We're discussing the 2018 Masters. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and resident podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan from a Good Talk Spoiled podcast. Good evening, guys. Evening, gents. Evening, guys. Now, we're recording this at UK time. It's uh, Monday tea time. So, as ever, some housekeeping before we move ahead. I know that we're going to have masses and masses of new listeners this week. Welcome to you all. We had record downloads last week, so uh, it's good to see that the content that we're placing each and every week covering the PGA Tour and the European Tour is going down well with you guys. Right, our website, golfbettingsystem.co.uk, just search golf betting, golf betting tips, or golf betting system even, into a search engine of your choice, you'll come across us. Um, I'm available on Twitter, my handle, at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting and Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. We're available on Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn for Android users. We're also available on Player FM and we just applied to go on Spotify. So that should, uh, it might even come out this week. So uh, that would be great if we could get on Spotify. Now it's great to have you all listening. Uh, All we ask is that you like and follow us on Podbean and leave us some positive customer reviews and ratings on iTunes. A few seconds effort would make the three of us very happy and help to spread the word about this weekly podcast. So new listeners, if you like what you hear, don't hesitate to leave iTunes ratings and also a uh, a nice review there. If you could, it would be much appreciated. Right, the 2018 Masters, the first major of the golf season. We're like uh, kids... In a candy store, <laughs> or I don't know, we could, we could be alcoholics in a pub, anything like that, you know, you get the gist. Um, what we're going to do today, we're going to quickly run through uh, the best bookmaker offers that are available. Uh, we'll also quickly run through exactly what content we're going to be putting out at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. And then we're going to start talking golf course, weather. And of course, players that we do and players that we don't like the look of this week at the 2018 Masters at Augusta National. Right, okay, Paul, um, do you want to quickly take our uh, listeners through what we think the best bookmaker promotions are this week for the 2018 Masters? Yeah, yeah, no problem. The um, Well, we Monday tea time, so we're starting to see a few of the deals coming through now. Um, we were talking about it briefly last week, weren't we, about who, um, about the bookmakers extending their places to eight, um, ten places each way, which we saw at the back end of last week from Coral, um, which still is the um, is kind of the leading position. So, so Coral, and I know you you write um, you maintain a piece of work for um, for the site that goes into a bit more detail about the um, the amount of each way places that certain bookies um, offer each and every week, and Coral tend, tend to come out on top and. Uh, yeah, they've pushed out all the stops again this week, so they're they're offering ten places each way at a fifth of the odds, um, and some pretty decent prices as well. I and mean, often you'll find that the prices get absolutely slaughtered as a result of the uh, additional places, but they're not too bad. Um, 
Bet365 um, and Paddy Power Betfair both gone eight places each way, a fifth of the odds. And again, what you, what you tend to find is you might get slightly better prices by um, taking a few less um, each way places. So best uh, best to have a little check between um, those bookies if you fancy a, a player that you're going to get with uh, some longer um, so with some additional each way places, but you know potentially you get in a different price differential between the two. Um, we're also seeing some bookies stick rigidly at five each way. So I expect as we go through the next day or two, um, we're going to see some um, pretty strong prices from those guys um, to kind of compensate for it. So um, how you choose to play this um, over the next couple of days is is up to yourself, I guess. But um, it's, it's a fascinating little market simply because there is so much uh, choice out there at the moment. Um, the other deal that's worth highlighting um, is an exclusive for us. Now, if you go back a few years, Treble 8 Sport used to um, have a, a, a Treble Odds offer, which was their new account offer for, for new punters, um, which was paid in free bets. And basically, you got your first bet trebled, and um, you, you, if, you, if you won, you won yourself some free bets. And for the Masters, um, they've resurrected that for, for our site. Um, we've got a link through to it from Steve's preview, and I'm sure we'll put a link on the uh, Podbean um, blurb as well. Um, and basically, you can pick a player, um, £10 or €10 Euro bet, um, win only bet, and if they win, you get your, your odds trebled, um, and this time it's paid in cash. So um, you get yourself a, you know, a nice little deal if you want to you know, pick up one of the favourites and uh, potentially get a, a treble. Uh, odds offer on that there's, there's a few t's and c's so make sure you do read it um, one of the important ones is you need to deposit by a card um, for your first deposit um, and uh, and then you, you qualify for yourself for this uh, treble odds offer so take a look at that if you're not already a treble eight sport punter I expect over the next day or two we'll see more and more of these types of deals come out so um, pop back to the site over the next day or so and uh, we'll list all of these as they are announced just to back Paul up on a couple of those points, uh, Coral, um, we do keep a tab, I keep a, a review each and every week of the each way places, both on European Tour and the PGO Tour. It's fact that Coral, so far in 2018, so January, February, March, all the way through, they have offered the most each weight places of any bookmaker in 2018. Yeah, they're if really it, strong. It, it, so, yeah, that, that's, just, that's just fact. If you sign up via golf betting system, um, you are accessing as a new customer a bet ten, get thirty pound of free bets uh, enhanced promotion for becoming a new customer. Um, that's also that's available in pounds and in euros for Republic of Ireland listeners. Um, in terms of eight 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 sport and this this uh, treble odds offer that we've got at Golf Betting System, the key point here and Paul made it, but just to reiterate, when you open up the account, it has to be your first bet. That you place with 888 Sport, that's the bet that will get treble odds. It can be on any market at uh, the 2018 Masters. Win, um, win it, only, yeah. it's win only bets. Yes, win only bets only. And it's absolutely key that on your first deposit, you must make your deposit by a cash card, be that a cash card or credit card. No e-wallet deposits are allowed in terms of that promotion. But follow that. Follow that rule, make your first deposit of £10 or €10 by card and then place your first bet and you can be getting some amazing deals. I mean, I'm seeing Jordan Spieth, if you were to treble the odds currently available at 888 Sport, he'd be a 33-1 to shot this week, as would be Rory McIlroy and as 
would be Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson. And that actually shows how wide open um, this week's uh, betting is in terms of the of, of the, um, the the short prices, yeah, the big they names. Just can't be just can't a be lot split. Of, can there's, yeah, there's there's a you know bookmakers are taking completely different views on who the actual favourite is this week. It's mm. it's a fascinating fascinating um, puzzle that we're going to try and actually <laughs> uncover uh, this week on the podcast. Now. Should we talk about Augusta itself? In terms of our um, content that's coming out, I've already released my main tips for the week. So they're available at Golf Betting System. Um, tomorrow we're going to be releasing some specific longer price players that we that I fancy this, this, uh, this particular year. You always find with these major championships that some big prices get in the mix. I mean, last year, um, from memory, it was Charlie Hoffman who was the 54-hole leader at some crazy price. He fell back in the end, but um, I think Thomas Peters was an 80-to-1 shot. Um, So there's always value to be had out there with players that will get into the mix. So I'll I'll try and uncover some of the longer prices tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, Paul is going to be releasing a piece that's all around the alternate markets, alternative markets. So first-round leader... I know that Paul's very keen on first-round leader bets. And what we find at Augusta, there's a real sweet spot when it comes to tee times, first-round leader. So yep. Paul, Paul's going to be covering first-round leader, also top debutant and some value markets. That If he can find some value out there, he'll be headlining it on, on our Wednesday <laughs> piece that goes out around the alternate, alternative markets. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll, sorry, we'll, we'll get the uh, tea times um, released around about um, tea time over here um, on Tuesday. So, yeah, as Steve said, once they've been digested and um, we can pick out the best uh, options there, because there will likely be quite a bias in terms of the um, the first round leader market in terms of um, where players get drawn, um, looking at the looking at the weather forecast. So, uh, so yeah, watch this space. That's a valid point. I mean, moving on. What you, what you find at Augusta, each and every Masters, is firstly, your player needs to get a very quick start. It's one of those courses and one of those events where you want your player to be in the top 10 after the first first uh, day. That's undoubted. I mean, that goes year in, year out. A lot of this information is available on my betting preview, which if you're listening to this on Podbean, is in the description box. So you need a fast start. Now... One of the keys here is a lot of this is tea times. And what we're seeing on the weather, we might as well talk about the weather now. Um, Mm. Clearly, we're recording this on Monday, weather forecast change. But from what I'm seeing, there isn't going to be much rain in the Augusta area until Saturday. There might be a little bit of drizzle on Wednesday, but nothing at all major. So from what I'm seeing, there there was some rain last week, but nothing, again, too major. I think with their sub-air systems and with the fact that you know, it's the most manicured golf course in the world, I'm thinking that Thursday and Friday we are going to see quite firm and fast conditions. So the kind of conditions that you know the, the Augusta um, members would want to see year in and year out. Um, so firm and fast uh, Thursday and Friday. But it's very, very clear when you look at the forecasts that... Um, the conditions are going to be quite cool. Um, I'm yep. not seeing. I'm not seeing any temperatures above 22 Celsius uh, Thursday, Friday, 
And, no, then, and in the mo- mornings, it's really well, chilly, this is it. it? Uh, yeah, in the mornings, I'm seeing temperatures as, you know, for these kind of 8 o'clock starters, down 11, 12 degrees Celsius. Yeah, a bit lower, So you imagine playing Augusta with those kind of uh, temperatures. It's yeah, going to play flying, hellishly long for a lot of these golfers mm. on the Thursday morning. Yeah, without a doubt. So I know that's one thing you're really keen on looking at the draw and you know, pretty much year in, year out, you tend to get the first round leader popping out mm, groups 20, 21, 22, something around that zone. So Yeah, you, you can do this. Um, there have been first round leaders um, you know, achieved from pretty much all the way across the, uh, the tee times, but um, there is a sweet spot, as you say, and um, often towards the back end of the day, the, the wind lays down a little bit, the yeah. temperatures, are, uh, temperatures are at their highest. Um, and you know you can often get a, a, a someone put a particularly low round um, in from that kind of position in the day. Um, last year, Charlie Hoffman was teeing off um, early afternoon, so he, he wasn't right at the back end of the um, the day, but he was only an hour or so from the final tee time. And uh, you know he, he shot uh, sixty five from memory, and uh, you know he took the first round leader market by by country miles. So yeah, we need to consider all of these things. And until we've seen the draw, and the other aspect with the draw is that certain players can get drawn with other players that can impact their performance. You know, who's going to get drawn with Tiger? Because there's going to be a media circus that's associated with that. So um, before any of those uh, decisions can be made, we need to see, see exactly how it all uh, fits together. But uh, yeah, it should be about five o'clock tomorrow evening. We, we get the first sight of the uh, the tea times. And then from there, we can start I think, to... Yeah. From what we're seeing in this weather forecast, I think you know that situation might be exacerbated this year because so so cold first thing in the morning, both Thursday and Friday. Um, we moved then into Saturday, where it looks like a front's coming in, bringing a lot of rain. No particular thunder, but plenty of rain apparently. Yeah, it's going to be wet. Um, isn't it will rain pre-play um, Saturday, but during play as well, right into the afternoon. So we could be a it could be a scenario where we're actually seeing players out in the elements for a big big portion of Saturday, and with that front comes some quite gusty, gnarly winds. We're looking anything up you know between sort of ten, fifteen, even twenty miles an hour, which around Augusta creates real havoc. Yeah, and, then, and it's chilly with it as well. Steve, isn't it? it's, it's, chill, it's chilly with it as well. Yeah, it's, this um, is it. It's very it's kind of mid, mid 50s, temp- isn't it? Very northern European temperatures. That's that's yeah. what I'll say across pretty much all four days. Yeah, Sunday yeah. becomes more tranquil again, but it, again, it's going to be nothing higher than around about 17, 18 degrees Celsius, but mm. it will be a soft golf course if that rain arrives. So you might see that the lowest scores of the whole week will actually be on closing Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a real melting pot there, isn't there, guys? A little bit of everything. You've got to be experienced. Mm. Um, And as you said, some European conditions, and uh, a lot of guys um, will have no no problem dealing with that, the colder mornings and uh, and, playing throughout the rain. Um, Could be be to somebody's benefit, for sure, to, to be able to battle through everything. A lot of these kind of young uh, PGA Tour, Ameri- you know, pros, they don't tend to like these conditions to a certain extent. So, but they're not no. exposed to it as much, they're are they? Not, so yeah, this is it. No, very true. But yeah, it's a real melting pot of a forecast. Now, clearly, that will clear, that will clarify over the next three days before tea time, 
and we're recording this on Monday, so you know, we're a little bit up in the air. But it does not look like the kind of tournament where it's just going to be the same conditions across 72 holes. So, no. as Barry said, um, those with experience of the golf course and those of experience in majors, you know, in, in tricky conditions, that isn't a bad set of uh, skills, skill sets to be looking for. And I know the first forecast that you and I saw this morning, Steve, suggested it was going to snow on Saturday afternoon, yeah. which, um, which kind snow of in the forecast, took, took yeah. us back a little bit. But uh, I think that I think that was a little extreme. But yeah, he's, as you say, it's going to be European, so perhaps it does kind of sway things towards the uh, the European contingent a little bit. We shall see. Now we all, you know, we watch this year in year out. Um, most of our listeners will will know the golf course, but effectively, it's a par seventy two. It's a very very long golf course. They say it's seven thousand four hundred and thirty five yards, but the way they set the course up, the way that they um, they mow the fairway grass against the grain, which stops stops the ball very very quickly. It's designed to play extremely long. Um, there's a lot of elevation changes on the golf course. Most of the holes are tree-lined. Of course, we know there's also water in play across a couple of the holes, especially on the back nine. Um, but, you know, in my view, and this is kind of backed up with a lot of the statistics, you guys can back me up on this. It's a very much a kind of golf course where you've got eight, nine holes, which really are par holes. You want to get out of those, those particular um, holes with par and uh, you're more than happy. And then you get a set of holes where there's a lot more risk and reward. Of course, the par fives, there's a couple of shorter par fours, even a couple of the par threes like the 16th, which are birdieable. Now, yep. you know, if you can make your score on those you know, eight, nine holes and you can par the rest of the golf course and be very, very strategic and very mature and very patient, which is always the word that they tend to use, golfers. Patience really is key on a lot of these holes. Protect your score. And uh, make hay on the on the uh, on the holes where they're actually attackable, and a lot of that depends on actually where the pin placements are, because even some of the um, scorable holes become very tricky to um, players when you know when pins are positioned in certain segments of the green. In yeah. my mind, it's very much a greens and regulation golf course. Greens and regulation is king around here. I also look for players that have got plenty of power off the tee. And ideally, if you can find players that have got plenty of power off the tee and are straight, that really is a magical, um, a magical set of circumstances for Augusta. Long and straight really um, is very, very useful around here. Yeah, what, well, lo- long this year is probably going to be even more important if it is chillier, isn't it? Um, and yeah. as you say, if it gets wet towards the weekend, then uh, that's going to stop the ball as well. So. Yeah, a, a bit of a bit of power off the tee is not going to be a, a bad shout this uh, this week. Um, for me, it tends to, as you said, greens and regulation is uh, is key. Um, it, it's kind of a second shot course for you know for all intents and purposes because yeah, you can you know you can play from the pine pine straw if you, if you if you're a bit wayward unless you get blocked out by a tree. Um, then you know you potentially having to play something a bit more creative, but. Um, you know, it tends to be get yourself as far up the fairway or as far from the tee as you possibly can with your with your drive, and, and you do tend to take a lot of drivers here. It's uh, you know, it's not one of the what kind of courses where you plot your way around with a few different um, irons and uh, you know three woods. You've got to pick the pick the big dog out of the bag um, on you know on a regular occurrence. Um, give it a smack and. Uh, 
and yeah, try and hit the greens in regulation. And, and then when you get to the back nine from the 13th, uh, 13th and 15th, you've got some cracking scoring opportunities. So, uh, yeah, see if you can keep yourself as clean as possible up to that point and then uh, and see if you can make a, make a score on the way home. I listened to a podcast last week with Bones and read various different player interviews from last year as well. And they reckon that on the 13th, a lot of players were going in with anything as short as an eight iron. Oh, yeah, it's mad. Opportunities are there. Opportunities if you, are if, there. If you, can, yeah, if you can get the shape off the tee, um, get the ball uh, get the ball running a little bit, you're leaving yourself a, uh, yeah, a particularly short uh, approach in there. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make uh, birdie or eagle. You know, you go back to last year when uh, you got the showdown between Garcia and Rose, and Rose is in fantastic position off the off the tee there, while, while Sergio's. Uh, <laughs> I can remember him standing there in the middle of the thirteenth, thinking, "If you birdie this boy, you're bringing home the bacon." Because we were, we were yeah. on Rose, weren't we? You're bringing oh, home the bacon. Tell me about it. And, and he uh, overshot yeah. the green. It was almost you just knew it was coming. Yeah, and they both walked off there with a five, didn't they? Which, yeah. um, you know, from the positions they were, uh, both of them off, off the tee. That was, that was the game changer, wasn't it? It was. That's where the momentum shifted, and um, yeah, the rest is history, as they say. But um, yeah, I mean, the thirteenth hole. Um, I read somewhere or heard somewhere that's the the hole that's got the most variance to a player's performance of any of the holes on the course. Mm. So how you perform on the thirteenth hole can have a huge bearing over the course of the week as to whether you you know whether you make the cut or miss the cut or whether you contend or whether you're just an also ran. So. Attacking that hole, making sure that you're making birdie, the odd eagle here and there if you can, um, it's pretty critical to your performance for the week. What are your views on the course, quickly, Baron? Um, what do, what are you looking for from players? De- well, uh, aside from the obvious, definitely the um, greens and regulations. You know, it's a very obvious one, but I also like to see um, players who are you know scrambling very well. Um, you know, I was reading uh, something Jason Day said, you know, you could land the ball in the same place twice, one with a little bit more spin and one with a little bit less spin, and uh, you could have a difference of 20, 30 foot to where the ball um, where the ball ends up. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of really tight control with the short game will take pressure off. Um, so that kind of leads me on to one that I do think is very important at Augusta is uh, bogey avoidance, but uh, even disaster avoidance. Um, a double bogey on the card around here really puts you in a, in a big spot of bother because it's not a chasing golf course as we know from experience. Um, so, yeah, bogey avoidance, you know, scrambling and bogey avoidance for me kind of go hand in hand together. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, they're, they're bogey avoidance def- being one of my critical stats. Yeah, it always is. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, it's an interesting point about the thirteenth, Paul. You know, because the players will view that as a par four. You know, yeah. so it, it's almost a psychological thing. Um, it gives them a good boost going to, you know, for the the, the cl- closing stretch of fourteen to eighteen. If they make that birdie or even an eagle there on thirteen, yeah. you know, it sets you up to finish off the golf course and and every one of your rounds. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, we've 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 all watched it a number of times, and you'll have a player that you're following who's kind of one over, two over up to that point. And uh, you, you know you know yourself that if they go there and make a birdie or eagle, actually, they're back into a decent position. Um, mm-hmm. if, they, if, they, if they don't make that, you know, they par or, you know, because you can get into trouble then. You know, the, 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 the variance in scores on that hole are, are massive. You, from three through to sevens and eights, it's, it's quite possible and quite likely you'll see many scores in those, uh, 
those regions for the you know over the course of the weeks. So, yeah, how you play that hole is pretty important. And the fifteenth as well, I mean, slightly to a lesser degree, but um, you know the same you know similar kind of principle applies. I think. Yeah, for sure. I think I think one of the magnificent things about Augusta is the um, the ability of all the holes to give give scores, but also to absolutely ruin your ruin your tournament. Yeah. You know, and there's sleeping giants out there that look so innocuous, and disaster can strike at absolutely any point. So, you know, it, it just shows the importance of you know a little bit of luck for the week, but also being completely and utterly focused at all times, because yeah. um, that course can bite you, you know, without warning. And, uh, and and just knock you out of the tournament completely. Yeah, definitely. I suppose listeners want some. They want some opinions, don't they? They want some opinions on us, not only on players that we think are well worth considering this week, and also clearly views on players that we think might not be worth considering. I suppose the best way to do this, and it's it's, it's going to be difficult, but if we run through the top of the market, because what's noticeable this year? I mean, I'll run in reverse order. You know, you've got. From uh, 25 to 1 and in, I'm counting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 players shorter than 25 to 1 this year. It's madly competitive. So from Fowler in, John Rahm, Paul Casey, Phil Mickelson, Jason Day, Bubba Watson, Justin Rose, Tigger, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth. Yeah, and that and that's missing out the likes of Sergio Garcia, who's defending, and you know Hideki Matsuyama, who's more than capable of winning a, a green jacket at some point, you know, um, injury um, permitting. Um, Henrik Stenson, wow, you know these, these players are further down the list than that, but it's a massively open master. It's a, it's amazing that Garcia's outside of twenty five to one. I mean, his last three performances are seventh, fourth, ninth. I guess the only thing that's pushing him out is that you know defending the green jacket is just is yeah, so it's difficult, tough, isn't it? You know, you, you've got a lot of media uh, yeah. commitments. You know, he's, he's got the, the, the uh, you know the, the factor of just having the you know his first uh, his first child as well, um, which can either be positive or negative. But clearly, it would have taken some of his attention away over the last couple of weeks. Um, but yes, uh, you know. Has he got a chance? Absolutely. 33 to 1. I think that's one though I, I would strike off my list. If you know, if you have to, you know, add them to your list and strike them off, you've got to be a little bit ruthless because there's so many contenders yeah. here. Yeah. Um, you've got to cut people out, haven't you? That's the point, like you say. No yeah. just to clarify, no defending champion since Woods in two thousand and two has captured the green jacket and more tellingly only Tiger himself in 2003 and 2006 has finished in the each way places as a defending champion. Now, so that's, no that is some mountain to climb. Yeah, that's a, that's a no for Sergio then, isn't it? It's a no for Sergio. The other one I always rule out is, the, is again, is the, rain, uh, the, the current number one in the world. Because I think that goes back again to Woods in 2002. No world number one has ever won the green jacket. Apart from Tia, yeah, and the way that that Dustin is playing at the moment, you know, as you said, Barry, you're looking for ways of putting lines through names. So for me, Dustin Johnson's a no, uh, and he looks kind of friendless at the moment. He's drifting out to twelve to one, and I and I can't back Sergio. It's funny because Sergio, if you actually look at the way he's hitting the ball, 
the way he's hitting hitting greens and fairways, he's playing very, very similarly to how he arrived here 12 months ago and won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he, if he didn't have a green jacket already, he's a, he would be a green light bet. Yeah. Based on all the all the stats and things pointing towards him right now, but he uh, would. But you and I would sit again. He yeah. never wins. He's never won a major. <laughs> that that is exactly what I said last year on, on the I'm not on our show. Involved. Yeah, ripped into him, and uh, of course he goes out and wins. Forty-five to one. Yeah. Well, okay. What? Do, let, let's run through this, and I suppose what I want in the end is a summary, a yes or a no, from all three of us. Uh, let's start with Jordan Spieth. You start, Barry. His chances this week. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he, everybody's been throwing question marks at speed for the last, you know, couple of months about his putting and this. But even with all those question marks, his performances haven't been that bad. You know, he's had some pretty good showings just because he hasn't popped up and won a tournament. Um, you know, people are just so quick to write off these uh, highly talented golfers. And he's proven his um, Augusta pedigree. You know, second to first to second and eleventh. You know that's um, that's a record that anybody would be we uh, would struggle to beat. And uh, you know, a phenomenal performance last week. You know, to finish third, it's it was almost as perfect as he could want. I know you, know, you don't to- like short prices, Barry. So let's do this slightly differently. Yeah, well, we've okay. got we've got Jordan Spieth at elevens. Best, I'm talking best prices here. And as Paul said, they vary considerably by each way places and the like. But Jordan Spieth at elevens. Rory McIlroy at 11s, Justin Thomas at 11s, Dustin Johnson at 12s, Tiger Woods at 14s, Justin Rose at 14s, and we've got Bubba Watson. Best price I'm seeing is 16 to 1. Now, of those players, if you had to select one of them, who would it be? Oh, one is tough. That is a tough one. (laughs) Yeah, that is. This is the problem, isn't it? Yeah, which which one of those players would? Because I know you don't like short prices, and that's you know it's everyone's preference, and that's that's fine. Okay, well, but who of not those most... top six players or seven would you be putting the the actual Barry Euros on this week? Justin Rose. I know Paul's going to agree with that as well. I think Rose has got a great chance. I really, I do too. He's. Um... He's on my do I back or not list, and hopefully, you know, if he if he maybe drifts a little bit on Wednesday, just to grab an extra couple of points. Um, I don't think Justin Thomas's record around Augusta isn't great. He's got that, you know, again pressure to try get to number one and win a green jacket at the same time. Yeah. Dustin Johnson's, you know, not playing great at the moment. Um, Tiger will have the biggest circus he's ever experienced in his life, and expectation on him this week. I still think he'll go very well, and I really hope he's in contention. You know the oh, mate, the, uh, perfect, the, f- the fan the fan of me wants him, Phil, and a couple of the young boys going out on Sunday <laughs> oh, afternoon. You know, Bubba's got a great Bubba's got a great chance. He's playing well, um, but at sixteens, I'm going. Eh, you know, I could I could easily leave that. Um, and Rory, even though he had a freak week of putting, you know, he bounced you know, reverse bounce back the next week and wasn't that great with a putter. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it would be speed to Rose, and I'm going to go, I'd take Rose. I, th- I think Jordan will find his putter this week, to be honest. if, if it's, It feels like the kind of place where he'll just, I don't know, embrace the magic of Augusta, and it could be the catalyst to just click, and you know he rolls in one or two, and next thing you know, he's off. He's like a snowball rolling down the hill. 
Yeah, he was a bit. He improved a bit on Sunday at Houston, didn't he? So he was he was actually positive for his strokes gained putting. Um, still negative for the week overall, um, but um, he did move things forward a bit. I, I don't. You don't have to be a fantastic putter here, do you? No. It's, it's, that's not the game. Um, it's greens, then, greens, 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 greens. Yeah. And to be fair to Jordan, you know, I think it was was he t- first or third like, yes, like, uh, last week? Green yeah, green. He, he, yeah, his tee to green game has been strong, hasn't it? It's been very, very strong. Yeah. Um, so this is the thing. If you, if you kind of pigeonhole him um, without having looked at his recent skill stats, then you say, well, he's a putter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's got to be his key strength. Does that marry up to Augusta? No, not necessarily. You look at his course record and you go, wow. You know, it's absolutely phenomenal that he's done what he's done around there. Um, he's striking the ball very well. Um, can he putt? Can he produce an average putting where he can contend? I th- you know, of course he can. But can you know? Th- 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 there's an there's an if there, isn't there? Um, and there's an if about a lot of these players. The same with Rory. Does he have a good enough putting week to contend? Um, when you know, and how good does a good enough putting week actually need to be? There's a lot of players. That you if you were sitting here for. talking about this in 2015, would you have taken the 11 to 1 on offer on Spieth in 2015, or would you take the 11 to 1 on offer on Spieth in 2018? Because he won at 11 to 1, didn't he, in 2015? Yeah, he did. His first ever major. Yeah. 11 to yeah, 1. And, and, it just shows you yeah. the phenom we're dealing with it. But anyway. Yeah, exactly. And he finished second the year before, hadn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and um, he, and he, he, I think he'd won at Val Spa and he'd finished second in two of the t- three previous tournaments. He was hitting greens for fun and putting really well. Yeah. He was, he was tw- 11 to 1. The 2015 Jordan Spieth was playing better than the 2018 Jordan Spieth. Yeah, yeah, at the same price because there's a fear and an, an acknowledgement that he can play this course incredibly well. You know he's 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 popped to number one in the um, in, in terms of favoritism. How many times has this uh, the favourite shifted over the last four six weeks? It's been mad. Um, he's currently the favourite. He's currently been backed in. So so clearly there's uh, there's some money coming in for him um, already on the strength of his performance from last week. Because that's all it is. There's, there's there's not a great deal else there to give you in uh, much encouragement from the last uh, few months relative to what some of the other guys. Have so been, same same been question to you, Paul. Then in terms of you know what we said to Barry, if you were to take one of the top seven, you you know you've got no anti post eighty to one on Bubba Watson. Yeah, bastard. You've got none <laughs> so, of that. And you're looking at that market, you know, just an ordinary punter. Who, who of that top seven would you take? Because really, you know, in the, in the modern betting world, you you literally you're having to take. If you're going to go each way, you're taking one of those players. Yep. Well, I, I have backed one of those players at the current market price, and that is Justin Rose, um, and I've backed him uh, win only because I think that he has out of those players there the prices on offer at the moment and as you say disregarding the the longer prices that I've got um, anti-post on, on Bubba of the players that are there right now he for me is the most likely winner and mm-hmm. um, you look back at his performances from the last five years and his grins in regulation read 5th, 14th 2nd, 2nd, 2nd when he's come here now the difference this year is he's arriving here and he's putting better than he's putted for a long, long time. Consistently, not just a one-off performance and a one-off week. He's consistently putting better um, than he has done for a long time. And I don't think he's at full throttle. I don't think he has been at full throttle. Certainly wasn't in Houston last week, and in the, the weeks before. I think he's just home, homing his game, honing his game, getting it ready for this 
week because he knows this is a huge opportunity for him with the state of his game to win the Masters that he, you know, potentially should and you know, certainly could have won last year. So yeah, out of those players, and can, you know, how can you write off speed a, a McElroy, a, a, a Justin Thomas, DJ, Tiger? You got, you got I, to. That's the question. You got yeah. to write them off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, the the one I would take out of all of those right now and have taken right now is Justin Rose. Hmm. Flip it on to you, Steve. What's your call for the one of seven? I always try to base my um, views on players' strengths. And if their strengths are clicking, like Sergio last year, hitting tons of fairways, hitting tons of greens, wasn't putting great. But he, he arrived here. He, you know, he'd shown a couple of decent bits of flashes of form and rounds in previous weeks. Uh, he came here and he got the job done, even though you know, well, Sergio can't win a major. Well, he did. So I, I struggle with Spieth because his putting is still just not consistent and it's not up to scratch from a Spieth perspective. I mean, I'm seeing Jordan Spieth in terms of my rolling 10-week putting average numbers that I've got here. He's in the bottom 10 in the field. I mean, that's incredible. And I can't take a player at 11 to 1 best price who I think his strength is actually his weakness right now. Um, and the same goes for Rory. Um, Rory's performance at Bay Hill the other day was out of this world. You, you, know, you can't say anything different. When he plays like that, when, he, when, he, when everything clicks in his game, he is pretty much unbeatable. The fact of the matter with Rory, though, is for the test that he's looking at this week, and if you look at Rory's strength, we all know it's approach, it's greens and regulation, and it's absolutely unbelievable power and accuracy off the tee. He's struggling in greens and regulation numbers right now. So that, for me, suggests that Spieth and McElroy, they, they wouldn't be on my selection list. Justin Thomas, you cannot argue with any of his statistics. He's hitting greens and regulation for fun, played well at the World Match Play, he's a winner. But I agree with what you said earlier in the end, Barry. I can't take him this week, and I'm his biggest fan, because, again, the pressure on him to not only win a green jacket, but in doing so, taking the world number one spot, that's a lot for you to get your head around. Yeah, it's a huge, yeah, huge, a huge thing. thing to get your head around. I don't think Dustin Johnson's playing at all well, um, so Dustin would struggle, so he's probably going to win, clear up. Um, <laughs> Tiger Woods, I think, will have a good week. Yeah, I can see him top 10. I can, I can see, see Tiger top, top 10 because his course management will be very, very strong. And when we're talking about patience, attacking on the right holes, the tr I think the trouble with Tiger will be, and this will be which will hold him back from getting really into the, you know, into the white hot battle at the top, he's going to have to take driver too many times. Hmm. And as yeah. we saw on 16 at Bay Hill a few weeks ago, you know, when he put his ball into into the uh, that condo garden. That's a good uh, bit of memorabilia for whoever owns that house. Um, <laughs> yeah, when he when it, when push comes to shove with the driver, he's still struggling. And I know you've got width off the tee, but actually, there aren't many players that win a green jacket and have been all over the golf course off the tee. I can probably no, name yeah. you one. Yeah, Phil exactly. you, you need to have an element of control. You're right. Um, there's only so many times you can get lucky. I forget which one of the years it was with Spieth, but um, there was one year where he was just incredibly lucky, shot after shot after shot. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So I've poo-pooed the top five in the market. That takes us to Rose and Watson. You know I was on Rose last year. I love Rose at Augusta. But for me, the putter's hot. Can't argue with it. But he just isn't hitting the level of greens that I'd want to see Justin. Last year when I selected him, his greens and regulation numbers were peaking at this very point. But from Mm. what I'm seeing, and I'm not really... Yeah, Houston, he was never going to do much at Houston. He was just playing it to keep himself going. But where I wanted to see him in the top 10 for greens in regulation last week and having an off-putting week, I actually saw him like 47th in greens. It's just something not quite right with Justin, I think. I think he'll contend, but I, I just I can't personally get on him at that price, the way that I'm seeing his greens in regulation numbers. And that takes us to Bubba. If Bubba wasn't 16 to 1, I'd be all over him like a rash, but he did fool me. He did fool me a couple of weeks ago in Texas when he won that. And can I see Bubba going win win? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm struggling. I came close to tipping him this week. You know that, Paul, but. Yeah, yeah. Don't know. I, think, I, I, think, he, I mean, I think he is hitting tons chance, and tons and tons of greens and regulation, which is exactly what you need. He's hitting a fair level of fairways, and we know that he bombs it a mile. So actually, of the top seven, if I was taking one, it, it would be Bubba, I think. Okay. Well, yeah, as you know, I'm quite happy, and I'm sure Barry's quite happy for Bubba to win. So, uh, so yes, I'll take that. No, I, I wouldn't be happy at all with that. I haven't backed him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have thought you got him in your um, in your pot with the uh, the other guys. Oh yeah, but like that's split eight ways. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm talking uh, the ego bets here, where it yeah, fills okay. my wallet completely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting how like. But we, well, you, you've taken the sixth best in terms of price, Barry. So's Paul, and I've said the seventh of the top seven. We've both gone for the two, the, the two players at the bottom end of that scale. It's interesting. Yeah, it really is. Like we're able to kind of come up with reasons why the top five won't or we think they won't <laughs> Ten- win tenuous reasons I think they were better yeah well yeah I mean of course but you, ha- you have to come up with something because yeah, you exactly. can't back the whole field um, yeah. the, look the oh, I kind of lost my train of thought there <laughs> but we said this we, last week as well don't forget winning prices of winners here Garcia 45 to 1 Willett was 66s uh, Jordan Spieth was 11s uh, Bubba Watson was 28 to 1 Adam Scott twenty-eight to one, and Bubba Watson fifty-five to one. We then go. Charles Svartzel was ninety to one, and Phil Mickelson was the shortest price winner since twenty ten. He was ten to one when he won it back in mm. twenty ten. So it isn't always the case that the big, you know, the, the top players at the shortest prices win this. It really isn't the case. No. Right. I can't, I'm going to ask you boys then. So before I go into detail on my guys. Who who are you getting after this week then, Barry? Take us through your selections. I have backed Ricky Fowler. Now, uh, when did I, you back him? Because we were having this discussion last week. Do you or don't you? I take I it if, you, if you'd have backed him after round one at Houston, he'd been something like 14 to one. He got shredded, yeah. yeah and, then but he, I actually... and then he went backwards and his price has gone out again. Yeah, so um, I backed him before the tournament. I just thought it was uh, kind of the safest play. Um, what did you get? I got him on Betfair Exchange. I've backed him win only at a 20, 26, I think. Okay, it's not bad. 
so I was happy with that. Um, I I might have a look and top up a little bit more if he drifts out. I think I saw him at thirties last night, so I might I might add a few more euro to that. I think I think a lot of his stats are, are looking pre- looking very good. Um, obviously, he has to answer the question about finishing the job on Sunday, but you know he had a few disasters there at Houston. But I mean, he everything. It probably went quite well for him, you know. He got a couple of really good rounds under his belt, you know, hit some very good shots, made a lot of birdies, and then those disasters kind of happened maybe where he's just testing the limits of his uh, his swing changes and his game. Um, you know, he's 30th in um, approach in strokes gained approach to the green. He is 6th in bogey avoidance. We know he's a great putter, even though he's not having a great putting season so far. But, you know, great putters can turn it on. Um, on a given week, and that's kind of where, uh, what why um, I'm willing to go with him this week. So he's he's that. Uh, I also backed Kucher last week. Um, I saw him talking after one of the knockout stages in the match play, saying that he was playing great, and uh, yeah, well he really was. You know, um, he had a great week there. You know, top 10 at Houston last week. He's got a cracking record at the Masters. Um, he's got a third, an eighth, a fifth, and a fourth in his last six goes there. Uh, fourth was last year. So um, current form of ninth and eighth, I'm, I'm really happy to take on Kucher. And I think I got on him at 55 to 1. I had, a tweet, I had a tweet about an hour ago. Sorry if it was you. Um, I didn't get back to you because literally not me we're at the point of releasing our tips but and this this is come this comes to cooch and it goes to a lot of players and i'm seeing matt coocher right now uh, with the bookmakers that are going 10 place each way he's 35 to 1 if you take that bet to unibet who are six places each way of 50 odds you can get 55 to 1 and this guy was saying to me on twitter well you know what 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 price you know what price do i take on what you know what number of each way places it's one of those questions you can never round the circle, can you? It's so it's so difficult to call, and it's a. Um, what do you do? It could tear your it could tear your hair out on it. Because a lot of plumbers you know, would say, "Well, actually, thirty-five to one, and all the guy's got to do is finish in the top ten when he's done that for the last four years. That's not a bad price." For the last six years, yeah, I mean, it and is. And then us value it, hunters it, are going well, but I can get fifty-five to one. I think yeah, the, the, the answer the, there for me would be the 50 to 1 with 8 places, which is with uh, Bet365. Bet three, six, five. Five. It's kind of a middle middle ground there, isn't it, between the two? Yeah. 30, 35 bit. feels too short. He's trading at 65, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. At that kind of level, you, you could go, you could, you could take the win-only price at Betfair. You've got to say with Matt Cucho, isn't it, guys? He's, he's an Augusta monster, isn't he? he oh, he's massively consistent, isn't he? He's a consistent player anyway, and you know his record there in particular is consistent. Can you see him top 10, top 8? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know there's a great chance of getting a, an each-way return off of that kind of bet. But yeah, where do you go? Do you, do you stick with your 10? Do you go to 8? Do you be brave and go down to 6 each-way and, and take a far better price? This week there are going to be a lot of people on Sunday night absolutely kicking and screaming that they didn't take you know the extra place <laughs> here or the or yeah. the longer price there with less places you know if they actually if the guy their guy goes on to win oh, um, 
there'll be a lot of kind of celebrations, but kind of with a uh, with a t- twinge of regret, maybe. <laughs> I, I can already see the uh, the Facebook group going uh, ballistic on something. This is oh, it. I'll take you through the prices of the play- players that finished in the genuine each way places last year. Yeah, so forty five for Garcia's. Rose was twenty eight. Charles Schwarzel was eighties. Thomas Peters was eighties. Matt Kuchar was eighty to one. And Paul Casey was fifty to one. Yeah. So someone like Kuchar, you know, at that price point, you know, he's ripe, isn't he? Absolutely yeah. ripe. There is that kind of sweet spot, isn't there? That around that kind of price, where mm. you know they're very backable because they are offering, you know, seemingly a bit of value, and um, they, you know, as you say, they tend to get. Um, I'm a bit gutted because the way that they price the market up, I couldn't really include any of the kind of medium prices in uh, in in my preview this year. But there are so many players around that sixty sixes to a hundred to one mark that I'm absolutely loving this week. Hmm. Well, you've got your, your long shots piece, which is going out tomorrow, which, yeah. um, you know, you can squeeze a couple of those in there. There are a couple of really tasty players there that I think are offering a huge value. Yeah. Have you got any bombs, Barry? Bombs. Um, what, who are your I, bombs? I, I, who's my bomb? I've added one so far. I, I've got Russell Henley. Ah, um, he's a bomb. Yes. Yeah, he's so, a sea yeah. of blue on, bet, on odds checker. I'm not surprised finishing top 10 on um, a course that's set up to mimic Augusta just a few days ago. Um, you know, he's got a pretty good record at Augusta. He, he started the mis- year, his first he, yeah. appearance. 31st, 21st, 11th. And, you know, obviously first is an excellent sequence there, lads. He's dropping 10 places every year um, in the rankings. So, yeah, yeah I got him at a, a good price and happy to take him on. You know, good putter. Um, his... Uh, Approach his approach game is very good at the moment. He's twenty eighth and twenty eighth in the strokes gained approach to uh, the green. So happy to take him on as a, a long price. There's a few others on my kind of short list. I could just uh, rip through. Oh, them. go on. Yeah, just, <laughs> throw I, I some names at the listeners. That's what they want. I know. I need to make a decision between a few of these. So uh, Patrick Reed is uh, playing very well. Um, he's added Paul's a hold off. Like a rash. He he's added a hold off fade to his game, but he's uh, you know everybody knows the predominant tee, uh, shape of the ball is a draw, and that is more favourable around Augusta. Um, deciding whether to take him on or not, I think something like you know he might be the kind of guy that will take Poulter winning last week, and there'll be a bit of Ryder Cup talk. That might be the kind of thing just to g him on, you know, to get into you know to bring the Ryder Cup conversation back to America. Um, who else have I got there? Patrick Cantlay, Bryson DeChambeau are very tempting at that kind of 70s, 80s um, range. Yeah. You know, DeChambeau really uh, stood up there a few weeks ago at Bay Hill and uh, really nearly caught Rory, who and a Rory that was firing on all cylinders. So uh, that's a very impressive performance for DeChambeau. And he's, you know, he's spoken about his love of Augusta. Um, he you know, was spanking it off the tee, Barry. He was spanking yeah. it on the fairway as well. I think he was 11th for driving accuracy. And his greens in regulation numbers were monstrous. Hits it sufficiently far. Um, has had one oh, appearance yeah. at Augusta. Was a twenty-first two years ago. So, you know, yeah. if we can, uh, you know, get the right combination of places and odds, um, he's very tempting. He is. Um, a couple of others like Afi Barnrat's playing very well. He might be one that I could, ho- I might hold off for kind of a first-round leader bet because I wonder whether he could last in the 
Cauldron of Augusta going all the way through Sunday. Mm. Um, and then Rafa Cabrera Bayo hitting the ball very well. Let me just check his record at Augusta here. It's not great. That's that's an issue for me. Um, so you know he, he might get struck off that list. But if you, if you talk risk and reward, and you talk aggressive off the tee, I don't see RCB. I really don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I like, not sure I like the other names you're mentioning. I like them a lot, but he's he's a he's a weaker one for me. Yeah, I, I just it's it's kind of a toss up. So this this is why I have to you know I have to yeah, cut yeah. you know you make your shortlist and you have to cut it off the list Absolutely, as well. Yeah. And another sure. another personal personal favorite of mine is Ryan Moore. Um, he is he's just a genius at managing the ball around the golf course. Now, admittedly, he's only had one top ten here before, but that was last year. Uh, he had a fifth there three weeks ago. Um, a ninth six weeks ago, so you know he might be one. If I I might be looking at it to pick him up in the the each way ten places maybe, or maybe get risky and take him at eights. Um, so those those are a few that just kind of hit my list. And uh, as we call it, call these players at at, at golf betting system, he's a bent grass monster. Is Ryan Moore? He loves the bent grass greens. Yeah, I think he's got he's got a couple of wins on bent grass to his name. So three, um, yeah. He loves yeah, it. Yeah, I need I need to cut down that list because you can't back <laughs> everybody. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? What about you, Paul? Bombs? Bombs? Well, I, I am keen on... Well, it's not really a bomb, but um, I am keen on Patrick Reid. Um, just going back to your preview, you talked about a couple of correlating courses. and um, Beth Page um, yeah. is a uh, course... He finished second. One he won, didn't he? Yeah, he won, he's won on Beth, won at Beth Page. Um, Doral is one at Doral. Um, Quail Hollow is another one you mentioned, and he was second behind uh, JT uh, last year in the, the PGA, um, and that was his uh, best uh, major performance as well. So you know he's coming, he's coming off the back of his personal best major performance to um, you know to another. And, and to be fair, he's he's, he's underperformed, I guess, at uh, Augusta over the years because, as Barry said, he's got the right kind of shot shape. Um, he's uh, he was a student at Augusta State, so you know. He's, he, he, He's, he knows um, more about the course and more about the area than, than many of the other guys. Um, but there's lots to like about him. He's pl- um, playing well. He's um, hitting a lot of greens on occasion for him. Um, he's putting well. He, he topped the putting stats at the API. Um, I backed him at the match play, um, and uh, he was in the same group as Jordan Speed. Clearly, there's been a little bit of a needle between the two, and... Uh, in the match to decide, he went through to the uh, round of 16. Um, Reed came out on top of that, but I think for him that was probably kind of his, you know, that, that, that was almost job done. And uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. ran, he ran into Alex Noren in the next round. Who, um, well, at that point, Alex Noren was putting um, well before before he uh, lost the uh, ability to putt. He got mm. further down the, uh, for, you know, further into the contest, um, he, and that's that's where he went out. But I I, th- I think Reed's got Reed's got a chance here. He, he doesn't have tons of, of correlating course for, like yeah, you said, he, Doral. He's he's done well at Congressional as well in the past. Um, his statistics are really strong. I mean, yeah. really strong, and he yeah, bangs yeah. it a mile. So. Yeah. Um, I think I've got him down here. His last four appearances, he's, you know, I'm seeing like three eleven, two ninety. He's hitting it long enough off the tee around Augusta. Yep. It's just whether he can find the prerequisite amount of greens to, to really, really contend. I can see yeah, him top eight. I really can. He's, he's got to get very close to seventy percent of greens regulation, and that 
you know, that isn't always his game. But then, you know, if you go back to the Valspar, he finished second there and he was eighth for Greens regulation, 23rd mm. at Torrey Pines, um, and he was third in Greens regulation. So at points during this season today, he has been finding uh, the Greens. So, um, you know, I'd say coupled out with the fact that he topped the putting at, uh, at the API um, a couple of starts back, he's, you know, yeah. he's not far off at all. He's in decent neck, isn't he, Reid? Yeah. And that's yeah. a good and, price. Yeah, fifties you can get with eight places, which um, which I, I, I like the look of. So that, that's one that I've taken today. Um, in terms of real long shots, and um, I, I, I backed Hao Tong Lee um, when he won in Dubai at one twenty five, and he's pushed out further than that now. So you know, perhaps I jumped the gun a little bit there, um, and that's more down to trends rather than any kind of realistic expectation that he's going to uh, going to win, but. If he turns around and wins, and for the third time in succession, we stand there saying, well, the winner of the Dubai Desert Classic has gone and won the Masters, and everyone's slapping their forehead saying, my God, I should have known that. Then, um, I th- yeah, at the time, and, and, and now I don't regret making that. I know he's on a terrible run, but he's actually third for Greens in regulation at Bay Hill, if you looked at the whole field, including those that missed the cut. Yeah, it's, it's funny, because when he, when, he, when he left Dubai, he started tinkering with his uh, setup. As you a do. Bit, which... Yeah, it's bizarre, doesn't it? Yeah, I've just just come off my uh, career. Biggest, biggest win. Let's start tinkering. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start uh, deconstructing my swing. But mm. um, yeah, so um, you know, it's potentially he's getting himself into a position where he can contend here. Um, that's a huge ask. But then he's you know he had that flying finish at the Open last year. Um, could he run into a place? Well, you know, a, a stranger things have happened. So we shall see with that one and the one who caught my eye um, is Ross Fisher now I think it might well be kind of uh, European conditions here this week if you go back you know you think of Ross Fisher uh, you know uh, you know he's, he's not in that kind of bracket where he can win um, the Masters and I'm not really suggesting that I think he can win the Masters but with the places you're getting on offer um, you can currently get him 150 to 1 with 10 places or slightly more if you're willing to go down to 8s or 7s um, so he, he's the kind of player you t- I personally would take the full 10s at 150 yeah potentially and I, I think that's 15 the to of, 1 for a top 10 yeah in, in this field where you can you know it's 87 in the field you can narrow that down you know blindfolded probably to 60 65 um, has he got a better chance than some of the other guys um, well Tita Green we know he's very strong Similar to Rose, not as good as Rose, but similar to Rose, he's been putting um, far better than you'd ordinarily expect of him um, over the last um, few months. You know, going, going all the way back to the um, Dunhill Links, where he, um, he finished second back at, in the back end of yeah. last year. I'm he's talking rubbish, by from... the way. He's 30 to 1 for a top 10, wouldn't he? Because 50 odds. 30 to 1. Yes. No, you're right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's got he's come runner up three times in the last um, his last ten starts globally something like that so the guy's clearly in decent enough nick to uh, uh, you know to potentially do something even forty sixth in Mexico um, at the WGC he was first for accuracy and seventh for GIR so he's yeah. long games there um, he's got a tie all together absolutely and what would happen on the Saturday or the, or the Sunday rather um, if he's in contention well. You know, it remains to be seen. He's had he a top have... ten here in the past, hasn't he? He has, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and he, he could have a backdoor top ten on Sunday. I, I, I don't see there's any reason to suggest that he isn't capable of doing that. And mm. the price on offer, you know, that's, that's that seems a reasonable risk to take, in my view. This is the whole point of a lot of these top tens. You don't actually need to be up with the pace. You could just nah. be. You could, could be a backdoor job. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, just, I've just another one. I do like to look off statistically. Brandon, Brendan Steele. 
Yeah, I noticed he was high up on your predictor, wasn't he? Mm. Top five of the predictor model at 200 yep. to 1. Yeah. It's not very often you yeah. see that. No, it's a big old prize. He's good at everything. He's one of those ones that's a bit of a slow developer, isn't he? You know, five, three, four years ago, you said, oh, yeah, he's good at the Barracuda Championship and he's kind of rubbish anywhere else. But yeah. actually, you look at his progress, he's matured quite a lot as a golfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, is it three PGA Tour victories now? And, you know, he seems to be, you know, fringy mixing it at um, some bigger tournaments, you know, a couple of WGCs, kind of mixing it at a couple of majors and then slightly fall back. Um, but, yeah... That's that seems to be quite a big price on Brendan still. Yeah. At two hundred, yeah, and no. he hits it a mile, and he hits tons and tons of fairways and greens. Yeah, I know. It, it, when when I saw the predictor you'd put out, I, it did uh, did mm. resonate in terms of his game and his fit. So, yeah, potential. I suppose we better actually go go through who I've tipped up. Um, mm. I know you guys won't agree with me, but they, these are where I'm heading. Um, I've gone three each way on Jason Day, who I think is hitting a lot of fairways and a lot of greens at the moment for him. He reminds me, Jason Day, of a bit like Adam Scott a few years ago. Kind of guy that's under the radar, hasn't really done a lot, you think. And then you think, well, actually, he won at, won at Farmer's Insurance at Torrey Pines. He finished second at Pebble Beach. Then he had, a, like, five weeks off, which, you know, we don't know why. Probably keep his body fresh and things going on. But he's deliberately taken time off. He's come back at Bay Hill. Um, I was tempted to get involved at Bay Hill because he was a reasonable price. I think he's twenty to one or something. And just thought he'd be rusty, which he was. But he still shot a sixty-seven in round three. Still hot, hit a decent amount of fairways. Still hit a decent amount of greens. Didn't think he showed too much at the match play. But then, nor did Sergio, nor did um, Danny Willett. I just think he's playing some really. Decent stuff, and if you look at his numbers, he's lot par four birdings, great bogey avoidance is strong, playing very well from tee to green. I just think he's the kind that might just crop up. And at eighteen to one, I think just you know beneath that top seven, I think Day's worth a back backing this week. Another I think has got a great chance this week. His stats are perfect. His course form is great. Um, he's buoyed. He's confident. I'm hearing the groan. I love a bit of Paul Casey this week at 22, oh. 22 to one with Bet three six five. Baron, I think you should get involved. The way I see I it, if I get a top eight place from Day or Paul Casey, I've more than covered my week, and I can't see one of them not being involved. And you know, we just sat here last year, wouldn't we? Oh, Paul Casey never wins a major, craps himself, blah 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 blah. You know, just take Paul Casey. Replace the name Sergio Garcia. We'd have been doing exactly the same. But actually, Casey's playing some of the golf of his life. Putting well, hitting tons of greens. He's aggressive when he needs to be. I just think 22 to 1 isn't a bad price for a top 8 finish with Bet365. He's in a lot of my 16s with those that are going 10 places. Yeah, he's in a lot of my DraftKings teams, is uh, Casey. And I. I, yeah, it's, it's difficult to well we said the same thing about most of the, you know, the top dozen it's it's impossible really to, to draw a firm line through them and as you say if um, you know in lieu of trying to find the absolute winner um, and being you know 110 percent sure sure on it then if you're getting yourself a decent um, each way return out of these players then um, it's another viable angle of attack I think I think I think one of day and Casey will be involved 
I'd be very disappointed if they weren't. And the other one I've gone for, I've, I've gone win only. I couldn't resist. Just couldn't resist. I, I had to get on lefty at 20 to 1 with Betfred. Two points. Win or bust. Win. win only, yeah. Yeah, win or bust. He's the only player in this field, I think. If you look at, you know, he finished second to Speed a few years ago, and you, I just looked at, I looked at the build-up, how he was playing, moving to Augusta, and a lot of those stats. If you look at, you know, oh, he not hit, hit, hit not enough fairways. And you've got to read between the lines with Phil. When he played well here a couple of years ago, 2015, he was banging the ball a long, long way in the build-up, really confident off the, uh, off the tee, really smashing his driver. Yeah, and his greens in regulation numbers were reasonable. You know, he's never going to top GIR, but they were, they were decent enough, like 25, 30th GIR. He's doing exactly the same this year. So, yes, he's missing a lot of fairways, but he's probably missing them in the right spots. We know that he's a conjurer around the greens and the shots he can do. He's hitting the ball a long way, and if you look at his statistics, there is not one statistic that I was looking for that he wasn't ranking really, really highly in. He's managing his game really well. Bogey avoidance, top 10. Phil Mickelson, top 10 for bogey avoidance. And last time out, 27th for greens in regulation, which, you know, if you said that about Rory McIlroy, oh, that's not very good. But for Phil, that's brilliant. Because you know, he's second on tour for strokes game putting and he's a genius short game. Tie all that together. Tie that together with probably a dodgy forecast. Firm at the front end. um, Rain, wind on Saturday a soft golf course on Sunday. Throw all those variables in the mix. Someone with, like Barry said at the top of the show, experience, knows his way around, blindfolded, completely and 100% focused now that he knows that Tiger's in town. Can you imagine, though, Barry, Tiger and Phil paired in the final round on Sunday? <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> So you don't, you don't think the organisers have put them together for the no. first two rounds instead? I, I can safely say they won't no. be paired together in rounds one and two. And I expect if they know that Box it's going to happen, Phil will bogey the 18th on Saturday to make sure he's in the group after. But I just... I, I, Accidental three-part. I just know for a fact that if I hadn't included him this week, even win only, I don't like win only betting, but if I hadn't included him, he would go so close, I'd be sitting there on Sunday pulling my hair out that I hadn't got involved. Because he's one of my favourite golfers, and I just think that he's playing some of the best golf he's played for a long time. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So, again, that twenty to one was quite a standout for me with Betfred. Yeah, you can't. There's no. There's no way you can say that he cannot win the Masters. We we know he can. We know we know he can win it. He's playing golf good enough to to win. So give him an opportunity then. And it's funny, you know, Paul. Rewind twelve months ago, he was playing dog awful golf. Yeah. Do you know what yep. price he was for this? 28 to 1. Right. 25s and 28s. And you think, well, actually, that 20 to 1 on that basis, that he's won a World Golf Championship, numerous top five finishes, because I know Barry was talking about him a few weeks ago on a podcast, numerous top five finishes, playing some great golf. That 20 to 1's a decent price, really. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. I'm almost sold. It's a lot of... Look- a lot of good things pointing towards Phil. Um, get being one of those guys that's in the mix come Sunday. He knows how to do it around Augusta. He's playing great golf. Um, well, I tell you what, not, Barry. I'll ask you one question. Himself. How yeah. Im- how impressed were you the way that he closed out that Mexico Championship? 
Oh, that was awesome. I mean, with the pre- with the pressure of not having one in five years, um, yeah. yeah, that's it's uh, it's up a level. It really is, and. You know, he keeps talking about. Uh, I've seen a couple of interviews recently. He's saying that, oh, I've, you know, I'm struggling for length off the tee. I, I don't think he believes that at all. I think he's just talking himself down just mm-hmm. to temper his enthusiasm and expectations a bit, mm-hmm. uh, because, I, you know, like you're saying, for all those reasons, he's gone into this going, I can win. I definitely can win, and um, you know, things are in a good place for him. Yeah, I, I think at this stage. Um, it's I kind of get excited and I'm almost forgetting my bets and just you know dreaming up these scenarios about who's in the mix come Sunday evening. He, we haven't spoken about. He Tiger hasn't a lot. been out of the top thirty in GIR since Pebble Beach, which for Phil Mickelson is just the amount of need, greens he needs to hit because he's such a genius mm. around the greens. And he's such a genius with the putter. He's right in. He's right in the mix, in my opinion. And I think you're you're absolutely right. I think he's playing his chances down. And it was interesting in that podcast I heard last week with Bones. I said this to Paul on Friday. They said they you know, clearly they were talking about Phil and the strategy and the way that he thinks about golf. And Bones said at one point, he said, "When Phil wins his next green jacket, it wasn't if; <laughs> it's when Phil wins his next green jacket." That's how confident Bones yeah, is. He, he, he thinks that he just will win one or another. Green jacket. Those were his words. One, yeah, one for the road. So all this rubbish about you know age, blah 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 blah. You know, there's a man that's completely 100 percent in sync with Phil Mickelson, and he said when he wins his next green jacket, makes you think, yeah, doesn't re- it? Records are there to be broken, and so are you know the statistics as well. Mm, um, absolutely. Phil, Phil's one of those phenoms that could actually do it. Who? Okay, so. Let me just ask something. No, but okay, because this just got me so confused. John Ram, world number three. Nobody, I mean, nobody I've spoken to about the Masters has even come close to mentioning John Ram. What's going on with it? What's going on with that? It's out to 25 to 1, isn't he? Mm, it's yeah. Third in the world. If you'd have sat here having this conversation mid January when he just won at PGA West. I tipped him up the next week so he could get to world number one at Torrey Pines. And he was, wasn't he leading at 36 holes? He was right up there, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, Can you imagine what his it, price was at that very point for Augusta? Probably four to one. <laughs> it, 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 it would have been one of those short prices, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just it's just gone away from him slightly, isn't it? But only in one event. He had a 50 second there at the match play. And I wouldn't read much into a a result in a match play event. I was on him at the match play. How many, many, you know, two or three of the newspapers tipped him up for the match play. I was on him at the match play. Had he won the match play, what price would he be now? Absolutely shredded. He'd be 12s or 14s. Yeah, it'd be be, be another one of these guys at the 10, 11, 12, 14 bracket. Absolutely. Do you you know what the issue is, Barry? If you actually look in detail at his scoring, and this goes back to what you were kind of saying towards the head of the show. Greens and regulation numbers are fine. The, The flat stick's not bad. He's just struggling with his scrambling. So when he's missing greens, he's just he's just dropping shots. That that's the issue that he's having now. Whether that's a big enough issue for him to not be back to twenty five to one to week, I don't know. But it's his scrambling that's gone off. It's just it's to me it's just it's it's interesting that some such a prolific player can be just so quietly spoken of going into a tournament. Um, 
I don't remember an awful lot of talk about Sergio last year. Not a huge amount, you know, no, because, no. you know, he, he had the moniker Sergio, will never win a major. Now, Ram's very young and doesn't have that over him at the moment. But, you know, the just going under the radar, following up um, a win by a Spaniard last year, it's just... Uh, it's just an interesting thing, and I hope it's not an itch in my head that I don't scratch and back him, and he go and he goes and wins. You know, um, <laughs> just uh, I found it I found it interesting. We were um, discussing this last week. Yeah. What Sergio had shown prior to winning here, and Paul said, "Well, he'd uh, he'd done well in the first round at Mexico. Um, he'd done well in a round at the Honda Classic, and he'd won at Dubai. But apart from that, and his numbers were quite solid. Yeah, his stat numbers." But apart from that, he hadn't done anything earth-shattering, right? And then you look at John Rahm. I don't. Why haven't I tipped him? <laughs> he was seventh for. Um, he was seventh um, at the first, in the WGC Mexico after round one. Shot a sixty-seven, so four under. Yeah, he won at PJ West, and his numbers actually, if you look at his numbers across the piece from you know from a skill perspective, I think he ticked pretty much every box that I was looking for. Apart from scoring average, so yeah. If you're looking, 20, you know, if you're looking at the big numbers, he's the value, isn't he? The big twenty-five. Well. You know, and we, we we've talked about the price is getting pushed out further potentially on a Wednesday. If it, if he persists on being pushed out now for the next day, I you could potentially get on Wednesday morning thirty to one, maybe even thirty-three to one if he carries on being pushed out and no one's backing him the way he is. And that is a ludicrous price. It's a phenomenal price on a, on a supremely talented golfer, which is exactly why I have a reminder on my phone set for <laughs> Wednesday to keep track of his price. Eight, 8 a.m. Wednesday. Do you yeah. think someone? Yeah, will, do price. you think some one of the tipsters will tip him and he'll get backed in? Do you see a Steve Palmer <sighs> tipping him? Potentially, potentially. Just because of I'll the price. Pop him in the nose. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's that's the risk. I mean, that I, look. The other thing is the bookies are so competitive, right? They're they're all going to fancy different golfers. So some some bookies going to take a chance on them and push them out because they have to. Mm. So that's where um, that's where I'm kind of I'm going I'm going to hang on until Wednesday and see can I catch. So I think, I uh, think have you persuaded yourself? Would you would you rather take Ram over Fowler, even though they're different, the same prices, or would you just take both? Yeah, I'm taking both. See, I have Ricky win only because I'm convinced he's going to do it. Um, but the same way I was convinced Stenson was going to do it last year, and he thunder tanked. So um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's. A, I think I think they're uh, they both have a good chance, but you know we could say that about twenty five different golfers. Mm. This is uh, this is why we're having a big long discussion about it. Very we are. Indeed. I think we're going to have to bring it to a close. Thank you for your time, guys. Um, enjoy the uh, enjoy the Masters. I know that you will. As we said earlier, uh, there's going to be content coming out uh, across Tuesday and Wednesday at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. We're going to try and get this podcast out tonight, Monday night. So um, uh, Barry's going to do his producing job and get uh, get that out tonight if possible. Um, I'll also be putting out my YouTube content tomorrow, which is Tuesday. All available at Golf Betting System. Best thing you guys can do this week is uh, have a very uh, interesting betting heat. Of course, just back, back. don't listen to us, just back who you guys fancy. And uh, we will see you again hopefully next week 
uh, at the Golf Betting System podcast. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. Enjoy the Masters.